Animate, the anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed anime training sim, Heather Ann Campbell. <laughs> I'm just a kind of a regular sim, Nick Weiger. Uh, and I'm, um, hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, hmm. Nick had a good one. <laughs> I'm more regular sim. I'm more of a regular sim than Nick is. Uh, Man of Adaka. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. And welcome back to Get Animated. It's time to get animated. <laughs> Guys, we're talking about Evangelion, my favorite anime of all time. And on this Watch Log podcast, we're on episodes three and four. Mm -hmm. Now, you boys, last week, were introduced to my, you know my favorite world. In the world of worlds? Yes. Mm -hmm. How you hanging? You still on board? Sucks now. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super on board. I will say the series very much starts with a bang, and then we're letting to, we're, we're kind of living in it a little bit at this point, it feels like. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good, I think that's true, right? Because like, it said the first, uh, especially the first episode, the first episode has such high s stakes immediately. It's just a true fish out of water situation. Shinji's thrown into an Eva and it's like, what the fuck is all this stuff? I don't even know what's going on here. But second episode, he sort of was like uh, dealing with the f like aftermath of that. And then in, the in these two, it's sort of like fallout just like from that stuff. Like he's been training a little more uh, and more stuff happens. Uh, where he has to fight. Uh, but it is, yeah, it's very much setting up the world of this now. Yeah. No, it. I mean, it's very much like, I also think that uh, these are the episodes where you start finding out more of the specifics of how the Eva itself works. Yes. Right? So in the first two episodes, you don't know that they are connected by an umbilical cable to a power source, and that if Correct. that cable uh, is severed, you either have to hook up to a new power source or you have a certain amount of time before the EVA itself will cease to function. And being that the show is so um, on the nose with like Freudian psychoanalysis, like all that, like the umbilical cable is a choice. Yes. Like that is a, that is a, like if you, if you were in the military, and you named the like you you named the neck strap for your semi-automatic gun like mommy's necklace. People <laughs> right. would be like, um, maybe. Right? Like, get this guy out of here. Yeah, <laughs> get this get this guy out of here. So I I've never been on a watch along podcast before, and I think. What I should do here is we should just go through this episode scene by scene. The first one, episode mm -hmm. three, also known as The Phone That Never Rings and its alternate title, A Transfer. Um, and we can talk about why this episode is one of my favorites of the show. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. I love yeah. that insight. Yeah, let's let's go for it. All right, great. So it's been a few weeks since Shinji has been loaded onto the Eva and fought the first angel by going berserk and then murdering it before <laughs> it explodes in the shape of a crucifix over Tokyo 3. 
Uh, and this episode opens with him in a training sequence, which is like a VR simulation that they have the entire Eva in, and he's firing effectively a laser gun uh, at, at virtual targets, and they are giving him an info dump of all of the different things that he needs to be aware of when he's inside of the Evangelion, like markers, the aforementioned umbilical cable, the timer, right. and Shinji is depressed. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, first off, like, it, 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 like, you kind of, you get a sense that he's in a training mission, but it's like, at first, it kind of does seem like, oh, th- is this a real fight? Is he, like, actually fighting an angel right now? Uh, but then pretty or pretty quickly, you're uh, awoken to his reality, which is in this sort of, you know, white room shooting at virtual targets and experience the simulation via his Eva. Uh, but yeah, I do like him being it's because this is a teenage response of just mm-hmm. like being like, like, well, now this is my duty and this sucks. Like, like work always sucks. Obligation always sucks. But particularly at that age. It's yeah, like, it's it's the equivalent of like fuck. I have to go to orchestra practice. Yeah, like and any teenager on the outside would sort of be like, "That seems fucking awesome." Are you kidding me? Like even yes. me sitting here right now would be like, "I'd love to be in a in a uh, training simulation where I'm in a mech and I get to just fire at targets and nothing happens to me. It would just be so fun." Like even just like the. Like the thought of being in like the danger room from X Men when I was a kid, sure. I was like, that seems like a blast. I would love to just take out Sentinels and like all day. That'd be a, a dream come true. But the reality of it is like he's like, this fucking sucks. I hate but, this. It's right. hard and it's scary. <laughs> yeah. And, and his classmates do like we do have that experience. That yeah. You're ta- they do have that perspective that you're talking about, Matt. I'm realizing as we're talking this through, this this kind of has this episode kind of has the same arc as. The Simpsons Radioactive Man movie where Milhouse gets caught, a cast as Radioactive Boy. <laughs> yes. Or I'm sorry, as as, as Fallout Boy, rather. Yeah, of Fallout Boy. Fallout yeah. Boy, not Rudin. Yeah, I should know that's the name of the band. Um, yes. The, uh, yeah, Milhouse gets caught, gets, gets cast as Fallout Boy, and he just like hates it. But like, you know, Bart, of course, thinks it's the coolest and, and envies him. The goggles, they do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do The Simpsons on this podcast? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> <laughs> More of my uh, reference base is that, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I also, I really like this episode. Uh, it gets to uh, some really interesting stuff later. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we should uh, move on to like the next story point. Yeah. Well, the next, the next uh, scene, uh, Misato uh, is characterly character consistently. Passed out. She's too tired. Uh, we pay off a bit from, I think, the second episode where uh, she and Shinji play Rochambeau for chores mm-hmm. and he loses a ton. So he's got chores. He drops off the garbage at the incinerator. Um, you hear a radio announcer talking about how there are no seasons anymore. So you know that they are like every part of the earth has been impacted by this event that happened 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think Ritsuko, a uh, blonde scientist, calls Misato and is like, hey, how's he doing? Like, what? Uh, how's he doing? And Misato's like, he is not doing well. Uh, I gave him a cell phone and he, nobody's calling him. 
uh, it's it's pretty rough. And when he arrives at school, um, you find out you meet three new characters, Kensuke, Toji and Hikari. Kensuke is, I think, the Madapodaka of the of the group. Hey, cool. Because you were just like, oh, man, when I saw the um, the, the first thing I thought when you said, oh, I saw the X-Men fight in the danger room and I was like, oh, shit, I want to do that. That sounds yeah. so cool. That's Kensuke. He's yes. like super into the Evas. He wishes that he could be chosen as a pilot. Like he's su- like, this is his life's call. Uh, and he's in he's in school with somebody who gets to do it. Yeah. Right. Right. Him and Meanwhile, I share the probably took um, laser tag too seriously when we were playing it. <laughs> like we have that energy. <laughs> so I guess that makes me that his friend, the guy who uh, asks Koji. Shinji to punch him later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. Hit me. <laughs> well, Toji, his sister was injured in the first uh, Evangelion fight from mm-hmm. episodes one and two. Uh, and so he's really mad at Shinji. And yeah. Hits him really fucking hard in the school ground. Yeah, like beats the um, shit out of him, kind of. Yeah, beats the shit out of him for hurting his sister. It's got so one of the. And things I'm sort of like, like she a- didn't die. <laughs> she just got hurt. She's in the fucking hospital. I know, but like, dude, you, you weren't there. Yeah, I was in the fucking suit. It hurt. I got fucked up too, man. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's what you'd say. Yeah. <laughs> Get my suit I, uh, back on and step on you, you little bitch. That's what I would say to him. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's not... That is... <laughs> I... <laughs> that You'd be saying that to Nick. Yeah. I'd say yeah. it directly to his face. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd want to hear it. <laughs> what are you the on the show? Who, me? Yeah. Yeah, we haven't met me yet. Oh, uh, wow. Wow. How exciting. Yeah. What a tease. Uh, so one of the things I like about Evangelion, especially since you guys are watching the first time, is this: when this aired in the 90s, I feel like in American comics and American tradition, superheroes had secret identities. Mm-hmm. This is like... You're 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 a superhero and everybody knows who you are and you're 14. So you're at the right. most vulnerable time in your life. Yes. Like everybody in his class suspects that he's a pilot and then confirms it by by asking him. Uh and he like I it's I feel I feel like it's the I I I know that PTSD was addressed in older shows, but I feel like it's so realistic that you'd be like Oh my God, I'm famous. Like, and it sucks and it's yes. awful. Like, it sucks. His life really changed very drastically in a matter <laughs> of like, at, like less than a month. His whole shit's different. Like, cause they, they, like his classmates do sort of put together that, oh, he's a new transfer student and he came just after the last battle. Isn't that a little bit of a coincidence? And then these girls, um, like, I am him basically like and they're like are you the 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 new pilot and he writes back yes and then everybody's all up on his shit because uh, they're excited they're like wow the pilot's in our class y'all you're a hero you saved us all thank you uh, and then meanwhile uh, Toji is like this motherfucker hurt my sister <laughs> yeah 
When this aired in 1995, I thought the coolest thing was that they all had laptops. Yes. I was yes. like, oh, shit. Fuck, that's right. That's what the future's going to be like. He has a cell phone, too. And they say uh, when he's going to school that he doesn't have any friends because and um, that... I mean, that sort of ties more into the the next episode, which is the title. Mm-hmm. But they use the phrase first that he has the hedgehog's dilemma because no, that phone doesn't ring. Nobody calls him. He doesn't have any friends. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. weird. I guess I don't know when cell phones were first starting to come around. But I didn't remember them being like super popular until like the like later 90s, early 2000s. They certainly weren't. I yeah. I mean, like, Pulp Fiction comes out in 1994, and mm-hmm. there's cell phones in that movie, but it, they're not common. Uh, and yeah. and that's that was, like, the first movie to have them, but that's when I think back on the era, that's, like, around when cell phones were starting to be a little bit more, uh, you know, pervasive. But they certainly weren't everywhere until the mid-2000s. Yeah. The mid-aughts. And I like the that camera thing that... Uh, What's his name? Uh, the one that's me? Kensuke? Kensuke. Um, he has like this camera that he's like filming the class with. Yeah, a little, little camcorder. Yeah. yeah. And it's really, really cool. But it also then later d- doubles as like a mini TV. And I was yep. like, I got to get this thing. And then I was like, yeah, cool, oh, it's it. an iPhone. I have an iPhone. It does, <laughs> it, does, it does both. It's better also. Like that thing is huge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after uh, after Shinji is attacked by his classmates, the city is attacked by Shamshell, the next angel, uh, and uh, Ray, who's also his classmate. I also think that's the first time we find out that Ray is his classmate as mm-hmm. well as being a co-pilot at right. Nerve. Um, he's got to be mobilized to save the city once again in Unit 01, our purple Evangelion. Uh, and he reluctantly heads out into battle and then uses the techniques that he learned in the battle simulator, and it all goes awry. So is the... I I I I'm I'm trying to remember if there was if this was in episodes one and two. Is when the the teacher is lecturing, which was in the previous sequence uh, before we get to this lockdown about the second impact. Is that the first time the term second impact is being used, or do we already hear it? But but this it, it regardless, it's the first time where he's really going into detail about what actually happened to the planet. Like it's like a little bit of an ex- exposition dump via a teacher giving a lecture uh, about yeah. the recent history of the world. And that teacher says that a meteor hit Antarctica and uh, and changed, I think, the rotation of the Earth and yeah. that some of the seasons are changed and, like, it was a really tough time. I think he, like, mumbles on. Um, one of the nice things about Evangelion is that this show is told from the point of view of uh, the people, like, the civilians, the regular people. So, like, you find this stuff out in the way that people are going to find out about the true nature of the pandemic in, in 10, 15, 20 mm-hmm. years. Like it'll just be a thing taught in class uh, when we're all inside of like gas bubbles. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. 
But why? What, or, what were this is no? I was so, just I was just saying like I was it it was it it's just like it's 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 just your their fill the world keeps getting filled out more and more as we go and we get a little bit more context for where where everyone currently is and they to them they they all it's again it's like us it's, it's to use your exact your exact same analogy it's like us living in the pandemic just like yeah it's just our reality they've all adjusted to it because people are adaptable. I felt really bad. For Shinji, I mean, I just feel bad for him, no matter what. This whole thing yeah. sucks. But um, be- especially because he just got his ass kicked. Everyone uh, is, like, making him such a big deal. These kids hate him. And now he's like, now I got to go do this again? Another one? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it, and <laughs> it immediately doesn't work. <laughs> he's doing a bad job at it also. Um, just Just a real rough go. So they're they're locked down. Kensuke, uh, the character mentioned earlier, who has the camcorder slash portable TV, is watching the news. But the news is not like it's not coming through. They're only getting like text updates, and he mm-hmm. wants to see what's going on mm-hmm. upstairs, uh, which is where Shinji is getting the living shit beaten out of him. Yeah, and so uh, there's a re- I think a nice. One of the things that this show does is save a lot of money as mu- as often as possible. And there's an extremely long panning shot in a boy's bathroom. It's <laughs> yes, just I a single panel of, of background where you go all the way down all of these different urinals until you end up at Kensuke and Toji who are talking about whether or not they should risk it all and go to the surface to be able to see this one fight. There's also, I, I think it's unspoken... Like, it's been 15 years between Angels. Mm -hmm. So it could be that this one comes right now, and then it's another 15 years. So Kensuke rightfully is like, dude, if it's not now, we might not ever get to see it. And Toji's like, all right, fine, let's do it, dude. And they head up to the surface through a grate, uh, like through an access grate, Mm -hmm. and he gets to film the Eva launching and then getting destroyed and almost landing on on the two of them. Those guys were just pissing forever. Yeah, they're pissing like, for a long time. Long yeah. convo. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I I agree with you that 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 Heather that I actually and and because the art is so good, it's never like a problem. Uh, but I love that there's just like long still shots of just like hey they've got or or like you know or they're they're panning or tilting across a a, a landscape just to sort of like minimize the amount of animation that's taking place. Because it's 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 uh because yeah you you still have something interesting to look at even if it is just like a wall of eighteen urinals. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, this when they so okay when they get out to the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they all and Eva gets thrown by the angel and lands sort of on top of them. Uh, there I think they're in between its fingers, right? Yeah. Uh. The angel flies up, Shinji grabs it by these electrical ropes that it uses as weapons and throws it away. And we have one shot that lasts maybe two seconds at most, maybe one second of what the Eva's hand looks like. Did you guys happen to notice this fucking hand? It looks very organic. It almost just looked like a man's hand. So you get this one shot for about one second where you see the Eva's hand after it's grabbed these electrical ropes and it has fingernails. Yeah. Which is a man's hand. 
is one of the most disturbing parts about this giant thing is that underneath this rubber plastic exoskeleton, it just looks like human hands under there. There's just a giant boy. Is that what we're looking at? There's a big boy. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're looking at a big boy with an alien head. Yeah. uh, I don't know how else to put this, but we're dealing with a big boy here. (laughs) What a great, yeah, like what an interesting, um, just like what an interesting development. Uh, And I'm sure we'll get more of this as time goes on. Uh, this is, after all, the third episode. But what a what a what a uh, meaty nugget for a third episode! Just like, oh, this there's organic material under this under under this mech. Yeah, yeah we got the we got the eye earlier, but this mm-hmm. is infinitely more disturbing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Because it's just a regular hand. So I want to know more about hand. It. He's in, he goes into the back. It's a big boy's hand of of a big boy, <laughs> and then he. Controls it with his with his like psychic interaction with the thing, mm-hmm. and then his he's imagining his hands, which are just big boy hands. Yes, <laughs> it's pretty gross. It's really gross. I liked the angel in this one. Oh uh, yeah, really because uh, I, I I guess I you know obviously I don't know much about this, so seeing one that was different than the one we've seen. I was like, oh, there's like more than one kind. Like this yeah. is this is very interesting information. Um, and I thought that this one's, uh, even though I, 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 even though they're bad, I was like, I like this one a lot and I kind of wish it was around a little more. I like it. <laughs> I like its powers. I like it the way it looks. It's like a very, it was, I don't know. It was like a very beautiful monster to me. I liked it. It's a cool design. I kind of miss the old guy, but I did. I did appreciate it. Yes, old guy was cool too. I don't. And you talked th- about the. I don't think this is a spoiler to say that every angel is going to be different. This, uh, uh, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see him. Yeah. J- just because I, I, I want to know. I mean, this would be a spoiler, so don't tell me. But I just, I need to know what these things are, what they're doing, and why they're here. Uh, yeah. And I can't, I can't wait to find out because that to me okay. is uh, that's my big question. All right. Maybe the big question of the show. Mm. Mm. That feels like what you just said. Every angel is different. It sounds like the kind of thing like a Sunday school teacher would say to placate a kid who asked why evil existed in the world. (laughs) Well, every angel is different. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So in this final final moments of this episode, Misato says, hey, let those fucking kids into the entry plug. Yes. And then retreat. Uh, so Kensuke and Toji climb into the entry plug. Kensuke's camera is ruined because it's full of liquid. Yeah, the whole thing got fucked. And then their own mental noise makes it more painful and more difficult for the thing to work. But instead of Shinji following Misato's orders and heading back to base, he takes this opportunity to not run away which is the thing he keeps telling himself, just don't run away, don't Mm -hmm. run away. It's the theme of the show, maybe. Or at least one of the themes that Hideaki Anno went into the show with. Mm -hmm. And he lunges at the angel with the knife that's hidden inside of his shoulder pad, the progressive knife, and drives it into the core of the angel. (laughs) The the what? 
<laughs> a pro-choice pro knife. <laughs> pro-choice knife. And drives into the angel's core. Yeah. And... <laughs> Oh, this show is going to kill me. Um, it's like it's like wrestling a monster made out of spaghetti to just stay on. Like, just like, come on, come on, come back over here, back over here. But maybe this is analogous to the show, actually. Maybe mm. Nick and I are two angels and you're yes. Shinji trying to operate an Eva, yeah. which is running well, the running the show. Yeah, I end I end the episodes about that depressed. So that that tracks. <laughs> you listen to "Fly Me to the Moon" after every record. <laughs> Fly me to the moon. <laughs> so as the battery runs out in the Eva, Shinji drives the progressive knife into the heart of the angel, and it screams for thirty straight seconds. A long yes. scream. Uh, like in pain, scream. And agony, <laughs> agony, and then. When he finally at the at the right at the last second manages to beat the angel, he starts to sob yeah. in front of the boy who beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Doesn't help his case. Really <laughs> miserable. Yeah. What a day. Worst case scenario, honestly, you get your ass kicked by a bully and yeah. then later on you cry in front of him for a different reason. <laughs> And you just transferred to a new school. Yeah. That's your, that's your worst day you ever can't as even, a kid. You can't even revel in that you just did something truly incredible. Like, yeah. You can't, you, can't, yeah. you can't even take like stock in that for one second. Uh, what, a, also, what, a, what a victory. He's in so much pain while it's happening. It hurts him. The chances are they are all breathing his urine. Like, <laughs> in that goo, mm, yeah. Sure. Yeah, in that liquid. Um, Feels like episode... we're back in the boys' room, <laughs> <laughs> where we hang out a lot, where we just piss till our hearts content. <laughs> um, the episode ends with Toji calling Shinji, mm -hmm. but then hanging up before he leaves a message. Um, why is this episode one of my favorites? Great question. Because. I went when I went into Eva, I didn't know that it was going to be psychologically grim. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just gonna be from the from the box on the shelf at the at the movie rental place or whatever. Like I was like, oh, this is gonna be like fucking fun time. These are robots and this little kid, and it'll be great. In the first two episodes, you're like, mm, this is yeah, it's it's basically just like a robot. It's it's really well directed, it's really cool, but like the yeah. third episode, you're like, oh, I'm watching something different. Like I am, this is not just a non-linear storytelling take on a giant robot show. It is like, um, this kid is miserable and they're treating, yeah. they're treating the trauma of war and life and like vulnerability, fatigue, all of these things with such seriousness that you know that putting this guy in the in the Eva week after week is not is going to be like it's it's going to be tr bravely approached and the story is going to be affected by those choices and so when he's like fucking screaming in front of his friends and then he's sobbing I'm like fuck I am in on this show I am yeah. so in 
I I also I really loved this episode. I I probably not for I mean obviously probably for similar uh reasons but I haven't like gotten there yet cuz I haven't seen it like all the way through uh and like and or multiple times but this episode to me felt like um it just felt like it was it felt like it was just a really strong episode and really strong strong storytelling and just really cool. It, it obviously all looked great as well like um, I, I I really liked it. Of um, I think of these two, I liked both episodes that we watched. But I think of these two, I, I loved this episode. Do the two of you ever have this feeling? Because it happens a lot when I'm playing video games, and it's happening while I'm while I'm watching this series. Of like having envy for living in a cool apocalypse. Yes, it's like I know that their world is a nightmare. And I know that they have lost, you know, an untold uh, legion, you know, like a, a, a gigantic percentage of their population and they're adjusting to a new reality. But it's also like cool. Like there's like kaijus and like, you know, mechas. It's like it's like fucking awesome. And ours are our, we, we just like, we live in this just like dull dystopia of just decay and rot. And the, there's nothing fun about the misery. No, I I literally held back from saying earlier, Nick, that if yeah. this, if I had this wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if this was real, because like because it seems like the government has it pretty figured out. You just go under. <laughs> like I was like, oh, they go, they hunker down while this happens, yeah. and then they come back up when it's over. Seems like it works. Like, not that many people seem to really get hurt. Like, that one kid's sister got hurt, but I don't know what she was up to, you know? Like, but it seems like it, it's, uh, for the most part, it works. Um, Can you imagine, the, like, America uh, collectively agreeing to, like, have our, like, buildings go underground when the government says so? It's just like, yeah, oh, yeah we gotta hit the alarm. Everyone's gonna go underground for a bit. Like that, anyone would go along with that? No, there's no way. We well, yeah. the thing is, we'd lose everybody who wouldn't want to do it in the first wave, and we'd like, okay, right. so now everybody who wanted to do this to begin with it still agrees, right? Okay, good. Um, All right, good point. <laughs> so we everybody would just be decimated. Every like person that's like, I'm not getting this vaccine would just be like, destroyed immediately. <laughs> the angel got him. Yeah. <laughs> The next episode of this show is tonally dissimilar from everything we've already been through. Yes. We've we've experienced basically, I mean, the first angel battle is split between two episodes, but there's an angel battle in the first one, an angel battle in the second one, an angel battle in the third one. In each of them, we see Shinji inside of the Eva. But in the fourth episode, uh, titled uh, Rain and Afterwards, or Hedgehog's Dilemma, uh, is... Features no fighting, no Evas, and is just about the fallout, the emotional fallout of all the stuff that Shinji's been through in the first three episodes, and is, um, I guess it, the the main theme of these of this one is that he just le he runs away. He's like, yeah, this is a fuck fuck this. Yes. <laughs> These first four episodes combined tell a, like a good story, like a, a good enough story for a movie, honestly. Like it, just these four episodes alone, um, uh, especially with like the the resolution of uh, at the end of this episode, I think is very is very good. Um, yeah. I 
I did love this episode also. I just I like I like when a show uh, mixes it up and changes the pace a little bit and like lets you like focus on this is like a very big character episode. So you get like Shinji like tr- like running away. Uh, you get uh, like Misato like worrying about Shinji. She's like worried, concerned about him now. And then you have his friends also being like, hey, like we just wanted to see if he was okay. Like uh, it's a great, I think it's such a great, great, uh, a great episode of TV. Yeah, yeah, this is the, this is the rejecting the call uh, beat basically of this story. At least it feels like at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but if if you had already fought like if you'd already if in the opening moments of Lord of the Rings they drop Frodo off in Mordor and like we're like, dude, go, 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 go. And he's like, ah, 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 and he's like running with a sword, kills a couple of orcs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh my God. And then he gets like rounds a corner and somebody from the fellowship punches him in the face and is like, what did you do? And he's like, what? <laughs> then he grabs the ring and he runs all the way back to the to the uh, to the gates of Mordor, throws the ring and is like, fuck, I'm done, I'm done, and leaves. Um, structurally, not you know, this is a dissimilar hero's journey, but you're right, it feels like the refusal of the call. Um, so to break down what happens, it's been a few days since, uh, since Shinji cr- screamed and then cried inside of the Eva. Uh, Misato checks on him in the morning and he has run away. Uh, his best friends show up, his new friends, Toji and Kensuke, the guy who bullied him and the guy who's a nerd. Uh, and Misato uh, is frustrated because Shinji is, is gone. Uh, and we watch Shinji ride the train all the way to the end of the train ride, right? Like he mm-hmm. ride, he, yes. he's listening to the same two tracks of music on his uh, SDAT, his little audio recorder thing. Uh, and then the train ends service for the night and he has to walk all the way back across the city. And we see him walk through kind of a seedy neighborhood. Like you get more atmosphere about what the Tokyo three is a, a, a thriving real city with like a red light district and movie theaters. And the movie that's playing is about second impact. Yes. Which of course it would be. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's like, you know, watching 9-11 movies right after 9-11 happened. Uh, and then he gets grossed out because he sees two people making out in the theater. And he sleeps on the streets. Like he sleeps covered in like a newspaper on like a on a, uh, like seats in a in an alleyway. Um, I'll take all the train stuff that you got. That was just like I like all the the him riding the train. I was like this this rules. I love this. I love this. I love this. Just the uh, the time lapse of him just sitting in the the cabin that slowly empties. Yeah, uh, as he reaches the end of the line, and also just like hey, you know, I'm just a sucker for train content in general. But like future trains, like hell yeah, yeah. I like love that tra- maglev. I liked the train sequence also, but I did have a like social complaint. 
and I don't know mm-hmm. what the etiquette of this is on actual trains, but to me, because like he's on, he gets on the train first. It's pretty packed, and like, uh, and they show like a time lapse of people getting off the train, and more, you know, more people getting on and people getting off. But this one guy sits next to him the whole time, even though that there's space. Eventually, I'd be like, dude, just move over, or I would have gotten up, so like I wouldn't be right next to somebody if I don't have to be. You know what I mean? Like if you can move yeah. and make room, I'd make room. If I'm in that outer seat, as soon as that other another seat opens up, I'm moving over to it. You know, I'm I'll I'll, I'll give that person the the little two two for for them by themselves. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. He he was maybe being a little. I think he was just on. He was just uh, ig- like ignorant of of someone else's space. Yes. I think you're right. It was a little inconsiderate. I would have. I would have moved. Oblivious is the word I was looking for. Not even just Shinji though. The guy sitting next to him. I. I would just been like, let's no, go. that's who I'm. Yeah. 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 Let's get up. He's. He fell asleep at one point too. On the that guy. Yeah. He did. He had his newspaper. With that newspaper on his face. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, I also I I liked because I don't know not a lot of like animated like shows that I've seen take a lot of time to just show like what the city looks like when it's like functioning, you know, like when it's like operating, like mm. I'm just thinking of like, uh, you know, I really joked about the Simpsons. So like the Simpsons is what I'm thinking of, but they don't ever have just like very patient, like carefully drawn atmospheric shots on that show. You know what I mean? So like mm. they they showed a lot of Tokyo three and I was like, I wish I would watch this on a loop. If they just took me through the entire city. I love, I loved that so much. I loved seeing. No. It. Yeah. Yeah. I also I also don't think the Simpsons covers panic attacks very often. And right after he wakes up, he has like a panic yeah. attack. Yeah, they don't really do that. Feels a lot like a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it as a kid, I was like, what's happening to him? And then as an adult, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what's happening to him. He's having a panic attack. The buildings feel like they're moving. They're closing in on you. The sound is too loud and he runs away to the countryside. So he's not just running away from Misato and from his job. Eventually he runs away from the actual city. Yeah. I fucking love the panic attack sequence. Holy cow. Yeah, that was something. Again, Superman doesn't have panic attack. Like you don't get to see heroes who have the same weaknesses that you have that's true that's a really good point because yeah everybody else is like so like larger than life and he's truly Mm -hmm. just a boy like yeah like he's just a normal kid yeah well superman has kryptonite so there is that that is true what no pizza's my kryptonite okay (laughs) fucking shit no (laughs) Oh God! I get what you mean. It's like it's like a scarecrow has like a fear toxin, and <laughs> no! that makes Batman have a panic attack. No, it's like um, I don't even know what I was gonna try to do. I was like, I'm not gonna try to play along, but I was like, but I can't come up with like a serious one. Uh, it, but it it is true that like you just don't see that, and like that is right. like a really refreshing thing. Like uh, I've um. I think I've had three panic attacks in my in my life, uh, and I I don't think I've ever seen one in something where I was like, "That's what it's like." And this was probably like the closest thing to it, and I'd never seen it. I'd never seen it before. Uh, yeah, you know, Sopranos does it well as well, depicts it well. But this is really well depicted. Sopranos does do it really, really well. You're right, yeah. and like stress dreams, and uh, they cover a lot of that stuff really great. Um, but 
I yeah, I this one it, this this episode just sort of showcases that Shinji uh, while he does have people in his life who are concerned for him, he feels very alone because he's like the only person experiencing specifically this right now. Uh, I yeah, guess you, you have that like, other girl, but um, he's in this alone right now. Well, that that's what I was just going to say is like you feel intense pity, I think, as a viewer for these characters mm-hmm. put in this situation for Shinji and then for Ray as well, who yes. Ray is still just just physically, you know, pretty fucked up. Um, and now with with Shinji fleeing, it, the responsibility falls to her again. Yeah, you you find out. So the next thing that happens in the episode, you find out why he ran away, which is that after this last battle, Misato like chewed him out and was like, dude, what the fuck? I told you to follow orders. And he's like, yeah, but we still beat the angel, didn't we? Yeah. And, and she's like, fuck you with that attitude because she's a captain. Yeah. But then she's realizing she's also kind of a mom or at least an older sister. Uh, We, uh, so that scene sets up why he ran away. And I'm going to cut forward in the episode to why he runs away, which is that she asks him why he, if he wants to go back to piloting and he's like, well, you don't really have any other choice. And she's like, yeah, actually I do. We have plenty of other choices. And so he decides to leave Nerve. She, they tell his dad, hey, Shinji ran away. And his dad's like, okay, make the, make the Eva ready for Ray. Like, we'll just move forward. Who, give, who gives a shit about yeah. my own son? Yeah. Um, and you get, like, some kind of spooky puzzle, puzzle boxing as he says, you know, okay, well, we'll use Ray because the fourth kid hasn't been found yet. By the Marduk Institute. Fourth children, it's called, right? The yeah, fourth the children. Fourth children. Yeah, the yes. fourth children. I, I, speaking of the dad, I did write something down uh, that Shinji said in the previous episode, like before he's getting back into the Eva. He's like, my dad's not even here. Like, why yeah. am I even doing this? Like, if, yeah. if, if this isn't for him, why, why would I even do this? So I think that also then plays into... Like why he ran away? He was like, "Well, this whole thing sucks, and nobody gives a shit, so I'm out of here." Like this, uh, this sucks. Uh, to tie it back to the Simpsons, this reminded me of the episode where Homer uh, makes a little sign uh, that it says, "Don't forget, you'll be here forever," and then he yes. puts pictures of Maggie over it, so it says, "Do it for her." Yes, and that like kind of kind of motivates him, but he doesn't uh, have that. He doesn't have that the, that motivation. No, because he hates his dad, and his dad yeah. hates him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's sort of like that, but not at all. <laughs> it's kind of like when like, Bart, right, like, uh, Bart does displeases Homer and Homer goes, why you little? And then chokes him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's sort of like, it's more like that, I guess. <laughs> like you go into Gendo's office and it just, it's like, instead of you'll remember you'll be here forever, it just says, fuck him. And it's like pictures <laughs> of like Shinji up on the wall. <laughs> I will kill my son if it serves our purpose. <laughs> While Shinji's out in the wilderness escaping his panic attacks, he runs into Kensuke, who's doing, like, fake military training. Yeah. He's playing at being in the military. He's playing at being a special forces guy. He's got his tent. They make what looks like incredibly delicious rice or yes. some kind of porridge. Holy shit. Like... It looked really good. It looked so yeah, fucking good. Some. Yeah. Um, 
and you find out that uh, that Kensuke's uh, Kensuke's and Shinji, both of them don't have moms. Mm hmm. Because he's like, you know, uh, I wish I lived with a woman like Misato. Your life seems so fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, and Shinji's like, well, I think your mom would be worried. And Kensuke's like, I don't know. Neither of us have a mom. Right? Yes. Uh, I do. Pretty- I, we forgot to circle back. I, I do want to circle back to something, though. When when uh, Kensuke and Toji go see if Shinji is okay and they meet Masato, they're both immediately <laughs> like, she's like the hottest person alive. Yes. <laughs> and they like, like, like almost like don't even like then really care that Shinji's yeah. not there. Like she, I, he gets to live with a babe. This rocks. Yeah. yeah one of them is kind of like, huh, this is, um, this complicates things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we're going to deal with this. She's hot as hell. What are we going to do? <laughs> I also, another little thing in this episode that we forgot about is when, when Kensuke is out playing military, he's playing both people. Like he's doing a one man improv show. Yes. Like yeah. he's like firing a gun at the ground and then he'll get on the ground and take the place of the guy he's firing on. And he'll be yeah. like, you have to go on without me. And then he'll become the other guy and be like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> it's <laughs> the loneliest pretend. <laughs> yeah. But he's so, having so much more fun than Shinji is, and Shinji is easily more alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before um, Shinji can continue to run away or disappear, dudes from Nerve show up because, of course, they would because mm-hmm. they're monitoring him, and they're like, okay, you, it's time to come in. Let's go. Uh, and, uh, and Shinji quits his job, mm-hmm. um, and they take him to the train station where Toji and Kensuke are there to see him off and, and say goodbye. And he has this really pathetic, excellent moment where he's like, you know, you were right to hit me. I'm a coward. I'm weak. I'm a piece of shit. Like I, I, I am no hero. I suck. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, this, f- and he's crying again. It's awful. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's so yeah. fucking good. There's um, another quote in, in this sec- uh, in in the sequence that I like, which is that they're talking about how Nerve took um, Shinji, and uh, Toji says to Kensuke, uh, "Don't you have any balls?" And Kensuke says, "Only an idiot fights when he knows he can't win. Balls have nothing to do with it." Yeah, yeah. He's like, "What? You want me to take on?" The military industrial complex with a fake gun? Yeah. With like an airsoft pistol? Yeah. Um, but while he's waiting for the train to show up, uh Misato realizes something about Shinji's predicament and realizes that he is lonely and he needs support. He's not just this kid that you can drop into an Evangelion. And she races across town in her sports car and shows up just as the train is leaving, sees his best friends, sort of self-admonishes with a sigh. And then as the train leaves frame, we see that he hasn't gotten on the train because he remembered her telling him, good luck. And that was enough to keep him tethered. So she brings, she's like, welcome home. And he's like, I'm home. 
It's fucking great. Really, really great good. shot too of him of of the train when the train exits frame and he's still there in yeah. the background, um, and she doesn't notice him at first. <clears throat> and, that, yeah, and really the, rad. The moment is just two sounds of people breathing. It's yes. like he looks up and goes, and she looks up and goes, and then there's a long pause where you only hear cicadas before he says, "I'm home." Who are returning because. A lot of the eco, like the whole ecosystem has been fucked, fucking destroyed because of the second impact. Yeah, that's another thing that gets talked about. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I think this is a, this is a great sort of just sort of breath for the series. Like it's just yes. like this, this episode kind of like, you know, it takes its time and lingers in quiet moments. And, uh, you really feel the emotional toll that it's taken on Shinji. Um, I, I I do want to say that I do really like also that because Toji wants Shinji to hit him in retaliation. I like that Shinji actually does it. Yes, and yeah. like fucking decks him too. Yeah, yeah. I loved that because he's like I would just be like I'd be too afraid. I'm like, well, no, this right. bully hit me. If I hit him, he's just gonna hit me back and like it destroy me. Shinji's like, I'll fucking knock this guy on his ass. Why not? Well, and also in the, I think in a conventional good guy sort of sense, they'd be like, well, no, he's not going to hit him back. He's not going to stoop to his level, you know, but here it's just sort of like, no, this guy's fucked up. That's what he's going to do. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, I guess, um, one of the reasons I loved this episode, uh, I just didn't, you know, I guess I sort of naively didn't know or didn't realize that like, um, that like a cartoon could be like this. Like there are different, there's sort of like more like adult, like cartoons now, like more like patient things. But like I, when I'm thinking of anime, I'm thinking of what we've seen in the other three episodes. I just was like, Oh, like I thought all animes were like very like action oriented, very like fast paced stuff. But this was just like a very like patient, like uh, episode of like a show that I thought was really, really good. It's I'm thinking the, of an anime super fan subscribing to an anime podcast. Yeah. Like, oh, get animated. I'm going to check this out. And then hearing one of the hosts say, I didn't know a cartoon could be like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, they'll find me and just beat the shit out of me. They're going to be unhappy with me anyway because I've only seen uh, like three things. Uh, but, you know, don't give. Yeah. Come, come for me. See what happens. Fuck around and Matt's find bringing, out. Matt's bringing the new perspective. We're welcome to everyone yeah. here. Yeah. The, whether you love anime or whether you're new to it. Uh, yeah. But it's such a... It's, I, I think this is... The, yeah, it was a, a fantastic episode. I can't wait to... I'm sure maybe we'll see more stuff like this or something. I, I don't think it's going to be like... Now the rest of the... Um, uh, like t- 22 episodes we have left are just a big action sequence. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking... I can't... I, I'm having the same problem that I had last week, which is that I wanted to keep going, but I'm I'm pacing them out so that I don't get uh, confused with what's going on and what we're yeah. supposed to be talking about on the show. Yep. Heather, I have a question for like I, uh, the Eva that the, maybe the, the, the an Eva fan or someone who's aware of the Eva fan community uh, could comment on, which is that this comes out in the '90s. There's this event, the second impact that completely changes everything that happens on September 13th, 2000. 
does anyone think in the sort of way of like, is there ever like a like like oh the show was kind of prescient or do people just talk about the is that is it a coincidence that's not remarked upon because it's not quite September eleventh two thousand one I, I I don't know I think that if I can remember the energy of the anime expo of the next year. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I didn't have a single fucking conversation with anybody. (laughs) Sounds like a dream, honestly. It's fucking silent. Um, I, so I feel like a lot of media in the nineties was all about like some big thing was about to happen. Sure. And like conspiracy theorists will say, Oh, that's pre-programming. We were all getting ready, but I think it was because we were in this period of, at least in the West, relative peace. Like there was a generation of kids who had been born who were young enough that they didn't go to Vietnam and young enough that they didn't go to Desert Storm. So like their experience of war was sheltered. Like Fight Club talks about like how the generation is defined by having like no wars, no Great Depressions, no nothing. So I feel like a lot of media is from the 90s is like some terrible thing is going to change humanity. And then Mm -hmm. it did more than once. We got a lot of them, guys. Yeah, it's true. Just we're really lucky in that way. Yeah. At the beginning of the episode, when you were like, when you were like, oh, you know, it would be cool to live through like a cool apocalypse. I'm like, we are fucking we are in an apocalypse like yeah. this yes. scenario. Yeah, it's not a cool one. Would be like an anime <laughs> scenario. <laughs> a global pandemic shuts down the world. Nobody's allowed into Japan for more than two years. Like yeah. that's like that's like a setting. There are people who think it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Those people die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so do a lot of other people. Um there's a track of music in this episode that I really love. And for those of you who haven't seen Evangelion and for some reason are just listening to this podcast and not watching along, this is one of my favorite tracks of music. Um, what's the composer's name? It's like Shiro Saigasu. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, and this is called Hedgehog's Dilemma. There was um, there's sort of a retro feeling to the soundtrack that was retro at the time. Like it mm-hmm. really harkens to like 1970s scores. So it hasn't aged the same way that a lot of the anime soundtracks from the 90s aged because it was already so specific. Interesting. Right. Like this is just, what is this? Bossa Nova? What do you call this? Kind of like an acid jazz sort of feel to it, to me. You know music. Jazz fusion. I don't know music that well, but. Well, you know it. Anyway, this is. It's really, really good. Fucking excellent music. This is on my. um, I have a, a, a playlist of music that I play at dusk. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before that all my playlists are organized by time of day. Wow. And this is on my dusk playlist that's amazing uh yeah, i i i know I, I, I was gonna say i i love it i think that it's a great great song a great 
a great thing to shout out from the from the yeah. episode from a great episode. Fucking love it. Yeah, it is a good score. I mean, so much. I think. I, I think the the opening theme and the, uh, you know, and then and then the all the fly me to the moon covers are like what like the music beats that people think of, but like the the score throughout the episodes is really really good as well. Yeah, and love some it. of that some of that music is reused in other Hideaki Anno productions, and then those productions have music in later incarnations of Evangelion. It's great. I can't. It's more, it, it gives it more of a sense of like a body of work. Like if you yes. watched a Spielberg movie and there were cues from E.T. in a different Spielberg movie, you'd be like, mm -hmm. whoa, okay, so this isn't E.T.'s theme. This is like Spielberg's theme. Yeah. There you are know? some right. movies where that would be inappropriate, but. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I'm speaking of Super 8, of course. Oh, that's JJ's. Right. That's JJ Spielberg movie. Never mind. Just like somebody dying in Munich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ba -da, da 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 da. Eric Bana says, "Phone home." You're like, what? Why is the Jurassic oh. Park theme playing in Amistad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the Spielberg metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. We just For, we oh. just made it a reality. <laughs> it's going to be a fighter Megamix game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No. Well, we're going to be watching two more episodes of Eve Neon Genesis Evangelion next week. Or is this every other week? How often does this come out? This is the, this has a, uh, I was about to say like the, like actual words where I was like, this has a weekly frequency. Uh, this is going to be, this is going to be every week. Every week. Okay, yeah. great. So Once a it's week. every week. Uh, we'll be watching episodes five and six. Catch up. Join in. Yeah. Don't get too far ahead because you'll know what's coming and then you'll, you'll, you'll think, oh, these dummies don't know what's happening. Except I do. I know what's happening. And yeah. It's, Killing the dummies me. you'll be speaking it's of. It's killing well, no. me. <laughs> I can't wait to find out. I'm truly like I think about wanting to watch this every like every day. Really, like I'm like, oh, uh, what am I? Uh, I'll be finishing something. Like, oh, I have time for an event. Get, no, I can't watch it yet because I will, I don't want to forget uh, yeah. or get too far ahead either. Um, yeah, because I like I like not knowing. I like being very surprised by it, and it I've been I'll very surprised each time so far. Um, I like to watch the, uh, I always watch the previews for the next episode at the end. Cause mm -hmm. I, I just like, I, I, I like, I think they're well edited and they're, they're, mm -hmm. they, they feel like part of the episode's content. Um, mm -hmm. but they, a thing they always include is a thing I'll include at the end of our episode. Uh, join us next time for more fan service. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> you got animated. 